Hello, beautiful people. This is Dr. Samantha Cooper, and you're listening to episode six of season one of the Dr. Cooper and Co. podcast, the show that explores spirituality, healing, and relationships. Today, I have a beautiful treat. As usual, all of our conversations are beautiful treats. Uh, Jen and I meet weekly for coffee and have the most wonderful, deep, engaging, sometimes hilarious conversations. And I always walk away from our time together feeling absolutely amazing. I think she does too, because she keeps coming back. So fingers crossed. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Jen. Hello. Welcome. Would you like to start off with telling us just a little bit about yourself or who you are? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I I don't think you know what our friendship actually does mean to me. Um, So thank you. Who am I? I? I am Jen Chabin. I am um, a mom. I'm a wife. I am a realtor. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not really anybody. So <laughs> you're everybody. <laughs> to some people, you are the world. Yes. Don't forget that. Yes, that's very true. I always struggle asking this question to a guest because I don't think you've read the book I gave you yet from Mickey Singer on asking the question, who are you? No, there's several chapters that explore the concept of the self and that he walks you through it asking, who are you? And people will say their name. It's like, well, if I change my name, does that make me you? (laughs) It's a very frustrating conversation. He walks people through to get you to the point of understanding that you are your consciousness or energy or a soul, which, you know, takes novels to do. So that's not the point I'm making here, but it's always weird when I ask people, do you want to tell you tell us who you are? Because in my opinion, that would take hours to do. Yes. Yes, it would. So, anyhow, you go by the name Jen Shaven, yes. and you are many things to many people. Yes, I, I am. That. So what brought us together? Well, um, I I was I've known you for a, a few years now wow. um as a customer at a bar that my family runs. Um, and then I was your realtor. And then we decided to have coffee one day and I honestly, I kind of thought we wouldn't have anything to talk about. I didn't know. Really? I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what, what are we going to talk about? And then all of a sudden we met and two and a half hours. <laughs> yes. Those are the best conversations, aren't they? It is. The most unexpected friendships are the best. Yes. You know, I've developed so many of those this year. I'm kind of starting to know them before they happen which is a little weird. I had a coffee date last week with a new friend that I had only met once for like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And somehow I just had an inkling. So I asked her, I said, next time in town, you want to have coffee? Surprisingly, she agreed. I'm, like, I'm not really sure why she agreed to have coffee with me, but she did. And the same thing happened. I think we sat for probably three hours and had the most amazing conversation together. Um, she is a future guest, I think in the episode after next she'll be on oh, so I cannot wait to hear that then yes I just love the surprise conversations it just when you're not expecting it no and yeah. I feel like a lot of people want to talk about the things that we talk about the spirituality aspect of it and it's just not something that you bring up normally <laughs> no not in our area anyway no I don't know if I've seen you since I was on my trip I don't think I have talked to you since we were uh, we spent two weeks in Des Moines and I was sitting on the road and I got to connect with some of my friends from the writer's retreat. Mm-hmm. And I went to a dinner, there were seven of us and everyone at the group was spiritual. Spirit, most of us were writers as well. So lots of intellectuals sharing 
interesting experiences. And as I've talked about in my podcast many times, I still struggle to have those conversations openly with people I don't really know very well. Because in our environment here, at least in the circles that you and I run in here in Northwest Iowa, where we grew up, it's just not a common conversation. No. Um, because it's not traditional religion. So it's even that I think isn't a common topic, but I think a lot of people are more comfortable with it more so than spirituality. Absolutely. But we had dinner and and someone started talking about their experiences or, oh, I was, you know, talking to a tree the other day and someone had seen a fairy and I'm sitting there. I just, I honestly didn't know what to do. And finally somebody looked at me like, Samantha, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to any of this because in the back of my head, I really think you all are setting me up for some sort of practical joke. <laughs> because never in my life have I had someone have a dinner conversation like this. It was beautiful. And I loved it. And I've been craving that. Yes. And yet there I sat right in the middle of it unexpectedly because I really didn't know what the whole group was spiritual. I knew some of them were, yeah. but. And then I felt very silly because I finally had the perfect situation with all these intellectual spiritual people and I thought they were joking like somehow setting me up for this weird practical joke when I started sharing my stories and they're like oh ha, ha, you fell for it yes I understand that it's a no it is but when you don't have that conversation or when when you live in our area and you say something that could be spiritual then somebody will kind of put you down and make fun of you for it and so you're kind of conditioned to expect the worst I don't know mm -hmm. or keep it to yourself because yeah. because you expect judgment or I think a lot of it just stems from fear from lack of understanding yes I don't know what this is you're talking about these big theological ideas that are beyond me it scares me to contemplate I don't want you to know more than I do I'm gonna knock you down <laughs> you yes stop with these scary words well and you know a lot of people are just in that same routine where, you know, they go to work and then they, they go out and they have their own releases that they just kind of, they don't focus on the inner work and stuff that kind of what we talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had that conversation a few times about how hard self-improvement is. <laughs> you know, if you want to go with the more generic term, self-improvement, personal development, growth, trauma, healing, spiritual work, shadow work, there's all sorts of Terms. nuances terms different ways to look at it but you know I think most people would rather avoid it than dive right into it because it's hard it's hard and it's lonely and then you gotta you gotta look at yourself and take a big look in the mirror and sometimes you don't like what you see and that's very uncomfortable it is uncomfortable but it will stay uncomfortable if you bury it right yes we, that's been a long conversation we've had more than once I think yes we absolutely have. Yes. The onions and the layers and the burying things. And it is, it's easier to bury, but it is harder in the long run. It seems like, because, you know, once you bury so much, like something's going to come up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you remember? I think it was a few weeks ago when you came over for the first time and we had a channeling session. Yes. I shared with you the little narrative that goes on in my mind with my subconscious. <laughs> And she still keeps coming back after I share these stories. So I'm not sure about this girl, but I enjoyed um, the marble. Oh the, yeah. The, the marble. One. I tried a visualization exercise that every time I had a self-judgmental thought, I would picture myself tilting my head to the right and a little colored marble would fall out. And that was the nasty thought falling out of my head uh, because I tend to ruminate. So as soon as one thought happens, 
it spins and spirals and all of a sudden there's 32 of them. So my logic was if I can visualize just letting that one thought pass without judging myself for having judged myself, which also starts to spiral. Um, it's actually been quite effective, but it's kind of funny. And yes, I was, I had the visualization of my self-conscious, subconscious, subconscious. Um, so many people have said, oh, I was doing so well. Things were finally going right in my life. And then this comes up and then this comes up. Well, I always kind of picture my subconscious and they're arguing like a little team of men. Like, all right, she's doing good today, boys. Bring another one up. Bring one of those repressed memories. <laughs> she can handle it. She's doing really well. Pick one of the hard ones. And then when things go off the rails, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was too much. She can't handle it. Bury it, boys. Bury it. <laughs> yeah, I have a little team. And I told you, they look like the Oompa Loompas. Which just yeah. um, made my day. That, I'm so glad that they were in character. You know, we have to keep it interesting up in my brain. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever yeah. works. So did you try any of the little visualizations we talked about? Um, I did. Yes. So I've had a difficult client. And so every time I, I was in a very negative loop, like everything was just very, very negative. And I didn't have marbles. I had a chiding Samantha in my head. Oh, no. I think said, better off with marbles. <laughs> that said, you are not you are not going to fix this solution if this is the loop that we're constantly on. So yeah, I had a, a Samantha pop into my head, then you pointed at me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, thank you for all your help. Oh, it was a little more loving in there, but okay. <laughs> no, she needs to be firm. <laughs> tough love. Yes, tough love. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we were just talking before we started about manifestation and mindset and yes. the outcomes. Uh, I had just shared that on my trip this last couple of weeks, I had chosen that things were going to go well in various ways, whatever that might be. One of the primary ones was just flowing, waking yes. up every day and making a mental choice that I would not resist anything that happened that day, which is easier said than done. But the first few days went really, really well. And then I just... <laughs> I don't know. Life got in the way and I randomly forgot. Yep. Whole week went by and I, man, I, I, it's so easy to fall back into your old self. Yeah. Old behaviors, old manifestation behaviors. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm curious. I haven't been in spirituality that long, so I'm curious how many years of this I have to do before it becomes second nature. I think you're miles and miles and miles ahead of me. So um, I'm just going to follow your lead on that. <laughs> Somebody reach out to Jen. She needs help. She's following me. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, no. All kidding aside. Um, so what drew you to spirituality? Anything in particular? Um, well, I, I've always I've never believed in, you know, the traditional religion or the church, whatever the church was preaching. That just never resonated with me. So I've always said that I was spiritual, but a few years ago, I just, you would get in that like, like, okay, we got the house, I got the car. And then like, we would have to get a bigger house and a bigger car. And so we work really hard to get that. And so I just felt like I was just on this little hamster wheel. And I'm like, is this it? Is this, is this the meaning of life is for me to get, you know, the, the house, then the car, then the nicer house, then the, the nicer car, then the nicer clothes than this. And I'm just like, this can't be it. <laughs> <When> someone's, <laughs> 
someone's told a really cruel joke because this sucks. <laughs> and so that's kind of when I started just researching a little bit more of, you know, kind of what I personally, re- what resonated with me. And it was the spirituality that, you know, there is something greater than just you out there and that whatever that thing is, it could be the divine, it could be the universe, it could be whatever you call it, but mm-hmm. there's something greater than you out there. Yeah. I feel like based on the conversations we've had, that's drastically changing your approach to how you want to spend your time, how you want to live your life, what your goals are. Yes. I don't know if we know what any of those actually are yet, but I know it's a new guiding force for you. Definitely a new guiding force. And it's, you know, the trajectory in which I was going and I've had great momentum going there. Now I'm like, well, it's not what I want again. Whoops. <laughs> so kind of trying to realign with what resonates with me inside and what I should be doing and what my true purpose is. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're only a few steps behind me on that one. And yet you're 10, 15 years ahead of me in that realization. I mean, I climbed the corporate ladder. It's just been in the last year that we sold both of our homes and started exploring the world and trying really hard to get really close to retirement and just spend our time differently you are definitely ahead of us in that in that realm as far as figuring it out before you accumulated as much stuff and you're, <laughs> well you're a lot younger than I am yeah, yeah but I also feel like you didn't have the guidance and the help probably to get you there like True. you know with all the social media and stuff like that it's easier to research this type of stuff now than true I mean, and that's the only reason that that's helped on my friendship with you, like, has obviously helped. Oh, boy. On. <laughs> well, when the family comes pounding on my door, what did you tell Jen to do? <laughs> with, with the dream interpretation course that I took, Josh was probably about there. Well, and that all ties, too, to the conversation we had, I think, in email this week is it's so hard to buck society to be the fish swimming upstream yeah, in the opposite direction of everybody else, because it's still very much a world in my perspective anyway, of, you know, you have a good job title, you drive a nice car, you have a fancy home. And I mean, that was the focus of one of the podcasts I did by myself here a month ago or so was simply all the feelings associated with these great big changes that we made. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I haven't shared them with people that I'm not in contact with anymore, you know, ex-spouses, some of my family members. And I always kind of picture what they would say or the gossip that would go on, you know, behind the scenes. Well, you know, they overspent and she didn't manage her money or she couldn't keep up the lifestyle. She tried to make everybody believe she had and all these negative things. And I think to myself, well, A, it doesn't matter. B, I would love to scream from the mountaintops. I'm like, well, yeah, well, I'm going to retire 15 years sooner than you are because I can't afford those things. I'm choosing not to, but, and then C, you don't have to defend your own judgments to anyone else ever. No. And yet that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're doing the opposite of what everybody else thinks you should be doing. Yes. Fucking society is a, is a huge, it's, I feel like you're constantly, fighting everyone on everything you know the the food choices that you make the how you choose to school your children how you you know choose to live with maybe a little bit less and not the designer things like it's 
it's a lifestyle choice that you're going to constantly be battling someone mm-hmm. over something. It is. And that's a slippery slope, I think, for me, because once I get into the mindset of independence in one area, I feel like in the last five, 10 years of my life, it's all areas. And it's one thing if you simply want to dress differently than everybody else, or you want to live in the country instead of the city or a few little things, Mm -hmm. but we homeschool, we work remotely, we travel all the time. We sold all our fancy homes. I wear yoga pants most of the time. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's, it's almost everything that I do, which I think makes it unique and beautiful. But at the same time, it you really have to keep your mind in the right space of being happy with who you are and setting an example of a glorious person who's like just bright and free Mm -hmm. and not doing it, but resenting it and fighting it and being negative about it. Yeah. I've done a lot of things in my life that I thought I really wanted to do, but I forced them. Yes. And that's just miserable for everyone involved. (laughs) It is. It's it's an exhausting battle though. Like it's, you know, you always have to put on the face for everybody that, oh, it's going so well because they're expecting it to not go well. So it's, it's, it's a long, lonely road. Can be. It can be. Yeah. I'm not sure what changed for me because I had that same feeling for a long time. Even when we first started meeting for coffee, you were the only person that I met with to have those conversations. And just in the last, I don't know, a couple months, I've attracted the right little group of people that I've somehow managed to manifest coffee dates with and dinner dates with. And I think when it's, when it's right, and when you're open to it, it will, more of it will come. Yeah. You have to be open to it. And that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) What is it is. And especially in a busy life. Yeah. I mean, I still don't believe in being busy for the sake of being busy. I think that's an entirely different conversation, but even when you are choosing the things that you actively choose to do, it it is oftentimes hard to say, okay, yes, I love all the things that I'm doing and I'm choosing them, but somehow I'm going to give up one of the things that I love to do because I need room for something else that I know I'm lacking in. Well, I'm sure you love being a mother and you love lots of things about your life that you don't want to give up. So it's hard to find that balance of new and old. And and that's where like really doing the the work and trying to figure out what's important to you specifically mm-hmm. is is important. And it seems like, you know, spending 20 minutes a day meditating or an hour a day meditating, you're like, oh, I just don't have time for that. So that's the first thing I always cross off my list, but it's actually probably the most important. <laughs> it's the most me. effective thing for yeah. you to say yes. Yeah. So it's it's hard to it's hard to stop. It is. You take a breath. But it's important too. It is. Well, and the meditating too, I guess I would add my own opinion there. An hour, everybody says, oh, it's ideal. Like if you talk to some of the real yogi masters, they'll prescribe at least two hours, if not more a day. Now, I personally, sometimes I make that much, not two hours, make an hour, but that's rare. Yeah. You know, even when I'm busy right now and there's no time for sleep or anything else, I will, it's maybe two minutes. I close my eyes and do a little breathing exercise and promise myself to flow and not resist the day and just just setting an intention for the day with a few calming breaths Mm -hmm. if that's all you have time for I still think that's remarkably powerful more so than just not doing it at all yeah Yeah. so how do you get in your flow state like you're talking about being in your flow state like how do you get there well I think there's two different connotations to that So like when I say I will flow all day and not resist, essentially that's my promise to myself 
that when there's something I don't want to do or something frustrates me or whatever it might be, those personal preferences rear like, ah, I don't want to do that. You know, yep. I instantly let that thought stop and just go with whatever it is the universe is asking me to do, which is really, really hard to do because I'm one of those who will ruminate my mind and I, I'm a people pleaser. So I'll say yes. And then I'll be mad about it for three hours until I have to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the key difference is that my mind is freed up because I say yes. And then I don't think about it again. I go back to what I was doing. So it's more of a promise to embrace opportunity throughout the day. There's the other concept of flow in my opinion, and that's being like in tune. Your mind is in that beta state. That's an almost meditative state. So like when you see a basketball player performing beautifully or, yeah. you know, they're in their flow, they're in their connected state. That to me takes practice in meditation, practice in mindset. So I don't think most people live their entire day in that true, you know, like connected flow state, but I think you get there. So I don't know if that answered your question. Like you were asking, how do you get to that yeah. flow state? So I, you know, I guess it's one's kind of a state of mind and the other is really spiritual, meditative, relaxed openness open there you go thank you you found the word that i was stuck i am okay. not in my flow state right now i am a sleep deprived state right now that's okay whatever state you're in yes. i'm okay with it okay. we can work with it yes well i think to finish answering that or add to that i personally have a really hard time getting into it like a true flow state when you're sleep deprived yeah or if you're hungry or if you're sick or you know, so I think a lot of other life elements go into how much time you're able to spend in a true state of consciousness or flow or openness or whatever okay. you want to term it. Makes sense. Which means we have to be good at all the other things in life, right? Taking care of ourselves and sleep and eating the right things. Yes. Yes. It was, it was what the, I took the dream interpretation course. Yes. How did that go? I was blown away. It was, it was really wonderful experience with Michael Sheridan. He just, mm -hmm. it was impressive. The things that he could just glean from just even a few sentences of a dream. Um, and I wanted to really take that class because he's like, oh, I'll help you find your life's purpose. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. sign, <laughs> sign me up, Michael. Like, come on, let's do well, it. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I took that course and I'm supposed to write oodles and oodles of books uh -huh. and then go on to be, you know, like Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins, yeah. or, you know, some other big. So, you know, you might not necessarily want to know your life purpose because maybe you're not prepared to go do what they tell you you're supposed to do. Well, you're getting there. <laughs> I know. And I'm here to be like, oh, guess what? I did know her before she was. Wrong, oh my so. goodness. That's the crazy thing though. I, I struggle with sharing my dream and it frustrates me because I ask my guys repeatedly, like, just show me because I feel like I'm off track. I'm not. They laugh at me. They're like, no, you're not. This you ask real. that all the time. This is real. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, just show me. Like, I doubt what I hear in my head. So mm -hmm. I always ask for a vision. And they show me the exact same darn, I'm trying not to swear, darn stinking picture every single time. Like, no, I, but it's, it's always of a figure and it looks like Tony Robbins to me, but it's, it's a figure in front of a stage of 10,000 people. And I, I think they show me that just because I've, I've read his books. I watched the movies. I watched what well, I'm not your guru, his, his big events and how it helps people. It changes someone's life, wakes them up from a state of trauma induced numbness to a realization that nothing is what they think it is 
And rather than continuing to live in darkness or continuing to deal with trauma that they don't know how to heal, like he sets them on a new path. And I, I don't want to go be on TV. I don't want to be famous. I don't want everybody to know my name. But to think that I could help even 10 of those people in an audience. Well, now you got nine. So all you need, <laughs> to, do is, all you need to do is really help nine because you already yes. did me. So I'm one. Okay. <laughs> one, here I am. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know. You, you experience trauma. And then we talk about how difficult it is to heal from something. But to get to the other side and just feel like an entirely different person and realize that you could have been that person all along. You just didn't see it. It's just such a painful, but beautiful, worth it, amazing experience to think I could help somebody else go from wherever they're at to experience some of that growth and hope and change connection. It's frustrating when I know that that's what I want. And then I doubt my ability to go do that. And I, I'm pretty sure right now, the only thing standing between me and my dreams is me. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think you're dead on on that one. Yes. I agree. hundred But it's, it's your want to serve and to give back and to help others, which is yeah. going to be so much more fulfilling than just a, anything else. Yeah. yeah. And like you, I've chased the American dream for so long and, and I'm good at it. I mean, yeah, you're not, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> yeah. but that's how I was raised. That's what I was told I was supposed to do. And I was told that's what I was good at. So I was, cause I believed I was, but you, I mean, you do that for so long and you're not fulfilled. So you chase the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And to, to your point, eventually you get to the point where you're like, is this it? Like <laughs> been on this ride a few times now and it's really not changed. And it's not that fun. <laughs> So what is so really what do really what do we what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Help, help help others. Help serve others. Like that was my big aha moment earlier a couple of weeks ago. I I've been asking, just like meditating on like what am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? What is what am I supposed to be doing? Like over and over and over, like I'm just yelling it in my head. No one's answering. Thank God. But <laughs> no, not they're answering. You're just not hearing them yet. Yeah, I'm not hearing them yet. But I listened to a podcast the other day, and it was um it was Ed Milet podcast, and he had on John O'Leary, who is a severe burn victim, and he said, You're asking the wrong question. It's not what am I supposed to do? It's how can I help and serve others and bring joy into this world? And I was just like, oh, well, I haven't been asking that. <laughs> so I just, I think that if your goal is bigger than you, mm -hmm. which is amazing, um, I think that you'll be down a, a much better path and you'll be more, just more content and more joyful in life. Yeah, absolutely. So they were listening. They guided you to that podcast. Dang it. I know. <laughs> I think that sometimes too. So I blame technology a lot. Yeah. Because I, I always say I stumbled onto this and then I kind of laugh because you don't stumble on to, to anything. anything. No. no. <laughs> so, you know, your phone listens and, you know, if you talk about one thing tomorrow, it'll be on your Facebook feed for advertisements that you need, whatever it was that you just talked about. I get that. <laughs> but I think a lot of the time I blame technology for bringing me to things you know i'll just randomly search 
videos or you scroll TikTok and you were not it, social media. Yeah. And you end up with these articles or oh, I'm in the mood for podcasts. And I just kind of scroll and eh, maybe that one. There's not really any thought that goes into it. It just stands out. Yeah. And then suddenly I've listened to eight different things that all have the same message. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're talking to me yeah, now. They're talking okay. to me now. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't dismiss everything as being some algorithm in social media somewhere. I think guides and our higher self, our own intuition. I think, you know, there's a lot of both. Yeah. Guides us to things. We just think we're kind of randomly learning things, but I don't think there's anything random about the stuff we're guided to. No, I don't think so either. And it's, it's crazy how like thick headed we are that we have to be pointed at it, like probably 30 to 30 times before yes. it really sets in and resonates. But as long as it does, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Music lyrics. Have you had that one? And you get music stuck in your head? Yeah. I always thought it was just, you know, music stuck in your head, right? Yeah. You hear something, you get stuck in there. Well, in Michael's course, he talks about it's not because there's just music stuck in your head. That is yourself. I'm trying to say self-conscious. Your higher self, yeah. your intuition, subconscious. Yep. Listen to the lyrics. It's he did message. say to write them down over, he said, if you have like several, just write them down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have always had that. And I just figured it's because I love music. I played music. I was in band. I played all the instruments. I was in choir. So music is just a thing. Yep. I never thought anything of it. Well, after Michael's course, I'm like, well, this is kind of interesting because there's always a song in my head. Well, as soon as you figure out what the song means, new one will start. Oh, that was part of his class too. He said, if, if another one starts right after that, the message is not done. So whatever they're trying to tell you, you figured out part of it, which is really, really irritating, right? Because yeah. you, you figure out what it is. And you think, okay, well, this is going to go away, right? Because yeah. I, I figured out the message. My brain will go back to silence. Sometimes it does. But for me, sometimes there's just eight more songs lined up behind it. And it's hilarious because at first I found it hard to figure out you know, it'll just be a line or two, the chorus of a song. Yeah. And I found it cryptic. I'm like, what? How how am I supposed to interpret this in my life? But yeah. I was so closed and not in tune with my own feelings and trauma and things that were actually happening within me. The lyrics made perfect sense. I was just in denial. I was just, you know, not very self-aware in mm -hmm. that regard. And I found in the last year or so, I'll laugh out loud most of the time when I notice there's a lyric in my head and it's something so painfully obvious about something so dumb I happen to be doing right now. <laughs> so is it is it more just the specific lyric or do you have to like think on to the whole song? No, it's usually it's... just one or two lines in a song and that's on the part that's on repeat. Yeah, okay. it's on repeat in my head and it's it's usually pretty obvious for me anymore. It, when I first started it was hard, but I I think it's just because I wasn't in tune with spirituality and what I was thinking and behavior patterns and just it was obvious to them, but I'm was being thick headed and didn't get the message. So yeah, give that a shot. I will give that a shot for sure. Yeah. Have you tried the Jasper that I sent you for dreams? Yes. Um, I'm still terrible at remembering dreams. Yeah. And I only think I like I'll wake up like right before I'm supposed to get up and then I fall back asleep for like 15 or 20 minutes and that's the dreams that I remember. Mm -hmm. And so I have been better about like journaling them and writing them down. And I just thought it was very interesting that the location of your dream 
is pretty much like the theme of your dream. Mm-hmm. So wherever that is, it's, and mine's always in a house. So like, I've got some body, body work. I've got some body work to do. I'm like, God, <laughs> when I thought I was doing that already, like, <laughs> I was going to say our little green juice, <laughs> <and> drink. <laughs> our little exercising, juicing, homesteading, homemade. That brings me something canned every time she comes to our home. Well, like she is the Betty Crocker that I want to be someday. <laughs> my stress relief so there you go well and, and side note thanks to her i successfully made my first batch of homemade almond milk this morning yeah, yeah. daughter doesn't like it but i made it <laughs> she'll get used to it it is a, it is a thing that you have to get used it's to an acquired taste. it is an acquired taste because you're so used to the, the dairy itself like it's not as thick and well, not I satisfying use the, i use the coffee mate creamer okay which you don't even have to refrigerate so i'm guessing it's primarily chemicals, chemicals. of some sort yeah. and i don't I don't use much at all, just a tiny bit. And I don't seem to want to go without it. So I thought, well, maybe just a little bit of almond milk, real stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. So body issues, which surprises me because you are like, what do I want to say? Whole, healthy, mindful, organic. Try try to be, try to be. Um, But yeah, body issues. It's it's something, something's going on inside that. And I, he was talking about masculine and feminine energy and how Mm -hmm. like the person in the dream, all the people in the dreams are you, which I didn't know, um, or a version of you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you have to like heal your masculine and feminine energy, depending on the characters in the dream. Well, he did a slide for like, you know, what your masculine energy, if that's off. And then same for female. And I was like, well, they're all off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Michael, where do you start? Oh so, my goodness. Yeah. So I think I'm going to kind of start like process of elimination, like with the foods and stuff like that. And like I told you, I had to cut dairy out. Well, I still eat cheese. So Okay. Well, here's some thought for you. Okay. So we tend to go to the obvious when it comes to the body, right? Yeah. What we eat, how we exercise, how we sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I've shared Peter Crone isms with you in the past, the mind architect and his, one of his bottom line premises is that resistance. Well, I'm really good at Yeah. <laughs> okay. Creates friction. right we're resisting life resisting reality resisting dogma anything if you're not in flow you're resisting something yeah that creates heat heat creates inflammation in the body yes and if you're at a dis-ease where do you think disease comes from in his premise all physical ailments start as energetic ailments okay which I don't have it on my shelf right now. I will show it to you later. There's a metaphysical dictionary on every part of the body and every single thing that could possibly go wrong with that body. It's huge. And then it has like a two to three page write up and it's a channeled book. So it's supposedly it comes from spirit Uh on all of the emotional traumas, triggers, backgrounds, family behaviors, all these things that most often cause whatever this physical thing is in the book. And I have yet to run into a person that I shared. Like somebody says, oh, I have lower back pain. I'll grab the book and show them the pages for lower back pain. And I, everyone I've shared it with sat there and went, oh my God. How did that book just explain my childhood? <laughs> when you looked up my one physical ailment. So knowing that you are extremely, I was going to say cautious, mindful of how you treat your body physically. Yeah. I would almost be tempted to think that if you have body issues occurring in your dreams, maybe mm-hmm. it's 
energetic issues leading to. Okay, then here's my question to you okay. and to all, to all of these people who are like, you need to heal yourself energetically. How? How do I do this? Like, I don't exactly. I can what? meditate my little butt off, and I am still messed up. Like, what? How do I heal these things? I don't think there's one answer to that, but you know, it kind of sums up all the conversations we've had. Is there's layers. There's always yeah. going to be the one more thing and the one more thing. But just the fact that you're exploring, you're inviting those things to come forward you're exploring what you want to do, you know, in life yeah. in general. Yeah. I know you're very mindful about how you want to school your child, how you want to spend your days, how you, you know, so does it automatically heal everything? No, but that shows me you're on the path and you're actively working on those things. So I don't think there's a to-do list that says, Jen, you know, on Monday, you need to go do this. And by Wednesday, take two of these and you'll feel better. <laughs> I would prefer that way rather than the flailing around in the dark, which I feel yes. like is happening. Well, we started the conversation with personal development sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Might as well end it there. It still sucks. <laughs> but that is frustrating. I've I've had the same feelings and I think it's just a matter of you just keep going, okay. not medicating, not, no. you know, not shower, rinse, repeat the same behaviors we've always had, but you know, I think you're, you're doing the things. Your life is still full right now of things you don't necessarily want, but you're making space and trying to figure out what those things are that you do want. And as some of the stressors fall away and the other positive comes in, I think you'll find more balance to continue the self-development. Yeah. Hopefully. And then stay tuned. Then another layer of the onion's gonna peel off. And you're gonna and then all the guys are gonna be like, all right, guys, she's good today. She's ready for another she's one. Ready for another one. <laughs> Can't imagine what I'm suppressing in my mind the horrors. <laughs> well, maybe on a different episode. Yeah. Delve into that guys. We hypnotize Jen. Why <laughs> how crazy she really is. Oh my goodness. Well, it sounds like you gained a lot from that. That was it two days. Two day yeah. Class? Well, it, yep. Friday night and then Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So it was, it was really cool. And I just have more questions on like, how do you become a channel? Like, yeah. Cause based on his premise, everyone can channel. Right. Literally everyone. Yeah. And I don't understand how you even try to do that. He showed me like, he showed three slides of like what you're supposed to do okay. to two channel and I'm like mm. <laughs> tried that that didn't work well if it helps you I mean I when I started trying to channel it was months it was okay. probably three months and I tried every day like, okay like oh not all the time but it was high on my mind so I didn't sit and meditate all the time but you know we'd be on the boat going for a ride and instead of jamming out to the music I have my earplugs in and I'm staring off at the horizon trying to feel something <laughs> when know? was the first time that you did like what happened what connected for you it's kind of a weird story so we were at um uh the fish heads were playing at oh barefoot we were at the full moon party mm -hmm. at barefoot and i've been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and i just hadn't heard anything and all my dreams in the course had said I was clear audience. So I was supposed to hear. Mm -hmm. I've since learned I have many other methods of channeling, but that was the strongest. That was the one that was to come through. Yeah. We're listening to the fish heads and it was getting late and I was tired. And I'm staring up into the trees. It was windy. It was a full moon. It was just, it was a really cool scene. Yeah. 
and I was, you know, fixated on my body image. Not much has changed in the last four years. And I kept asking my guides, oh, am I going to lose the weight? Am I going to lose the weight? I'm going to lose the weight before next spring. Cause you know, you want to come back from winter season looking like a million bucks when you come to the lake, right? Yes. And in my head, as the wind blow, I kept hearing, no. And I was sitting there going, did I actually just have my first channeling experience? And is that seriously what I heard? <laughs> and if so, oh, screw you. <laughs> Take it back. I don't want to I'm not impressed with your solutions <laughs> to my problems. With your nice big long, no. And of course, we'd been, well, we'd been at the full moon party for a while and I'd had, I wasn't drunk, but I'd had probably two drinks. Mm -hmm. So I thought, no, I'm no. just, I'm just imagining this. Cause I really didn't want to believe what I heard anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not, I refuse to believe that. But in my meditations and my morning meditations after that point, I would start to hear just a really breathy, it was either no, no, uh -huh. or, and that was yes. Okay. That was their way of, it was just yes or no. It was all I could get at first. Okay. Which is really weird because in Michael's class, when he teaches channeling, he believes that the yes or no is the hardest answers to get and interpret. Oh. So he said most of the time you get actual data and not yes or no's. Interesting. And for the longest, I had to play 20 questions. I bet I spent two months in meditation. And believe it or not, most questions you can't answer yes or no. <laughs> To your point, fully, you're asking, fully, no. what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, you can't answer that yes or no. And you weren't asking the right question. No, I was not. No. No. And I still get that. I ask questions sometimes and it frustrates the heck out of me because they'll say yes, no, yes, no. It's not the weird hissing sounds anymore. Uh -huh. Like I hear words, and it, but I'll just get this weird like flashlight almost like a blinker. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And that has, I've learned over time. That's their signal to me that they can't answer the question. Okay. So it's either something I'm not supposed to know because it would, I don't know, change my future or change my behaviors. Like I'm asking about something in the future and they, they're just not going to tell me. Yeah. Um, I did learn over time that sometimes I'm just nosy and I ask stuff about other people and I, I don't even really kind of realize I'm doing it and I get a yes, no. And then I realize like, oh, well, crap, that's none of my business. <laughs> I shouldn't be asking that anyway. <laughs> um, and then, you know, a lot of time too, most of the time it's, I'm just not asking a good question. I'm trying to think of an example, but even if it's something that they can tell me, mm -hmm. it's just a question that I can't understand the answer to, or it's worded in a way that it's not going to, it's just you. not a valid question. Okay. So like for you asking, what am I supposed to do? Well, that's not really what you need right now. They don't have a prescriptive. You should go get this job and live in this house and do this, 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 and see, they guided you instead to a dream uh, course, a dream course, which is will ultimately help answer your question yes. and a podcast that said, it's really more about how can I contribute versus what can I do? Yes. So that in my mind, if I was channeling for myself, it probably would have been a yes, no answer because it's not literally what what am I supposed to do? It's how am I supposed to serve or I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first experience was listening to the fish heads at barefoot at the fall howl at the moon party. And they told you no. And they told me no. I was so upset about losing weight by a certain event. I was so fixated. Like, just tell me, just tell me, am I going to lose a certain amount of pounds by this date? 
which of course in hindsight is a ridiculous question to be focused on but I, man that's all i really cared about when they fi- finally heard an answer no like oh <laughs> come on man <laughs> that is an excellent channeling story and i very much enjoyed it <laughs> i hope i will report right back with a nicer story <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So let's see. Oh, we were talking about the dream interpretation. Course. Did you get to have a free channeling session on one of the breaks? I did. I did. How did that go? Uh, well, I bawled. Yep. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> she pretty much said the same thing that you did in our channeling session. Oh my goodness. Um, It was, don't worry, dear one. Um, You need to find something to do that you can be who you truly are in you need to find yourself and figure kind of like figure that out but like okay that was that was the gist of what I took took from it and it was just like that's unhelpful (laughs) that's not helpful (laughs) well it is helpful it's just sometimes they tell us things we don't want to hear yeah which is hard it is very hard and I I was hoping for a you're supposed to be a xyz yeah go be a nurse go, go be, be a, a teacher yeah. go be a volunteer go be this like and and i will execute it flawlessly but i see, promise that's, you that's our conditioning right and we grow is. up and i've heard that in podcasts too we always ask kids what do you want to be when yeah. you grow up and the the thought process to replace that which i love is how do you want to help people when you grow up oh i love that or what do you want what was the other one how do you want to spend your time when you grow up or something like that or what problems would you like to solve as an adult okay rather than what do you want to be because that's just so small well it's the corporate ladder right yeah. what job title do you want to attain as an adult yeah essentially through the system yeah is what it boils down to and so we're i mean we're looking for the same kind of answers in our meditations and our channeling mm-hmm. as the way we're conditioned to grow up you know what am I supposed to go be what am I supposed to do do yeah and it's hard to change that thought process so that we do ask the right questions because it's really not about what are you supposed to go do no and as a type a overachiever myself my guides get really frustrated because I always want I want a to-do list yeah I want an action plan I want tasks laid out for me. I'm going to go do this. And they, their phrase for me is always, you need to stop doing and just start being. Like, well, that, that is the least helpful thing you could have said to me right now. But it really is a huge mindset. And when I do spend more time literally just being, you just sit in a room like um, Warren Buffett is has said to spend at least two hours a day every day sitting in his chair thinking just sitting one of those brilliant people of our time yeah and he sits for two hours a day and just is so imagine how i don't know aligned peaceful in tune with your inner self you could be after days and days and then years and years of self-reflection built right into your day versus gotta do this and then I gotta run to the grocery store and then I gotta get to work and then I gotta pick up the kid and then I gotta make dinner and then I have to clean the house and then there's the laundry and then I gotta put everybody to bed and you start over again tomorrow yeah when does growth and personal development and healing happen in that schedule no, it's always put on the back burner it is because we're so busy doing that we don't ever spend any time being, being. we're yeah. supposed to be human beings not human doings okay 
That's good. Oh, I'm I'm the number one offender. That's I'm, good. You're, God, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes at me. Yeah, our listeners no, can't that's good. hear your eye roll. <laughs> they probably can. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, uh, that's understandable now yeah. that you kind of reiterated and explained it like that. So I'll share my one example that I have not yet fully processed myself. Like okay. this is a key that my guides keep guiding me to. This yeah. is really important, and I haven't figured it out. So when I had surgery two years ago, I took a couple weeks off work. I stopped all my contracts. I told friends, family, husband, kid, like three months, mom's not going out. Mom's not eating out. Mom's not drinking. Mom's not going for a walk. Mom's not going for a bike ride. Three months. And I had books to read and movies in my Netflix queue and like a little bedside table with all my books and my bottles of water and all my favorite things. And I had permission to literally do nothing while I healed for three months. And I, I don't want to get hurt. Don't get me wrong. Cause I'm very careful with the universe. I would kill to have another three months like that. Yeah. I don't want to go have surgery. <laughs> I don't want to have an illness. I don't want to break a leg. I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone, including myself. But mentally, I had given myself permission. And I think that's the biggest piece because you say, well, if the family just, you know, didn't always want me to go out or, oh, if I didn't always have to do this. And, and my guys are like, you are overlooking the core reason here. It's not everyone else. I could set boundaries. Yeah. Right. And I could work less. Like I have the ability to control all of those things. The missing piece there though, that I haven't figured out how to implement is I gave myself permission to do nothing. For three months That's I gave myself permission yeah how do you do that though when you're not broken <laughs> when you when you don't have a reason to yes. like other than you know my mental I need to need this for my mental well everyone yes. needs three months off for their mental yes. health so like you just yes. it's it's just not something that feels very selfish to take that unless you're mm-hmm. healing yourself you know right so but I think the key for me personally in a lot of healing ways that I'm working on is adopting that mindset that doesn't mean I literally go do nothing but I'm one of those like I'm up at the crack of dawn and I work and I work and we go to this and oh I have an extra hour so do I go meditate well no I go help break leaves in the backyard or I go take out another task or I run five more errands that really didn't need to be done that day but now I won't have to worry about them next week yep just it's just the constant go internal pressure that you have to do 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 Yes. Well, it's because everybody asks you, it's the first thing, what did you do today? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's just our narrative. And if you didn't, and if you, and if you say, I took a meeting and did literally nothing, they just kind of look at you and they're like, that must be nice. Are you sick? Yeah. Did did you not feel well? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't process that. Yeah. It's hard. Well, even John says that, you know, sometimes on the weekend it'll rain or something. So we don't go, go, go all day. We'll stay home. And, you know, we'll work on a Saturday when normally we would have been on the boat. But since you're home and it's raining, we'll do a little work and we'll do some laundry and we'll do stuff all day, but we're not partying out in the world all day. And he'll always say to me, wow, what a good lazy day. And it crawls up my cross so hard because I'm like, I was not lazy today. I did stuff all day. I, I didn't do the things you wanted to do, but like, I wasn't, I didn't. I was, I'm not lazy. It's a trigger for me. And yeah. I'm not even sure why I suppose the type A overachiever, but I don't give myself permission to just 
be. Even in meditations and personal growth, it's a list. I should show you my to-do list. You know how many podcasts and training sessions are on my personal to-do list that are supposed to be fun and engaging in personal growth. And yet still I have a task list for it. So checklist for my personal <laughs> Yes, checklist for personal growth. So, I don't have the right answer to that, but I know there's there's a lot of magic in being giving ourselves permission to just be. And to be open to receiving whatever it is that comes your way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna any of those things. Yes. Receiving is hard. Yeah. Especially if you were conditioned to believe that you either you don't deserve it or you owe someone if you are if you allow to receive. Yeah. Because I I was conditioned. I was always offered help, but it came with consequences. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have needed that, or next time you better be more prepared, or thank you. I, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to babysit for you today. You'll come over tomorrow and help us empty the garage, right? Like yeah. it, it's just never a true give, yeah. giving. So I definitely have a hard time receiving. Yes, same. I think most people would have, not a lot of people can ask for help and take it gracefully. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good, another condition of our society. Yeah. The crazy thing is though, the more you accept, the more it comes. I know. Yeah. 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 I opened up to that when we moved. That was the first time I had been really mindful and it was hard because I had, I had good friends we weren't going to see again for a very long time and they all wanted to help. Yeah. They all wanted to spend time with us. They all wanted to help in whatever way they could. People were offering us rides to us to move that to us. You know, of course it's, oh no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. And after a couple of days of that, I'm like, Samantha, if one of your friends was moving and I wanted to help, it would be because I genuinely love them. I wanted to spend time with him. And one way to do that would be to go help them. And I would feel bad if they said no. Yeah. Like, okay. So I started saying yes, which was really hard to do. Cause then I felt like I owed them something and I had to let that go. Yeah. But the more I said, yes, the more people showed up, the more people showed up, the more time I had, the more time I had with my friends, the less painful, the whole thing the was less painful. The whole thing was. And even now I'm finding the more I'm able to say yes like just people were flooding into my life with fun new things. And if I had said, oh no, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to do that. You know, that that was the first thing I said when one of the gals from the writer's retreat said, hey, you're going to be in town. Come over for dinner. Like, oh, you don't have to cook me dinner. She's like, no, I'd like you to come over. And then I get the email invitation and it goes out to like 12 people. I'm like, well, now she's not having dinner just for me. She's making food for 12 people. And the invitation says in honor of Samantha. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I was reminded, like, no, you have a new circle of people in your life if you're open to and receive and just say, you know what? Thank you. That was super kind. Yes. The yeah. more, the more comes. Of course, then that means you have to be open to receiving more as well. <laughs> wow. One step at a time, right? That's right. One, one small step. step. <laughs> I'm a member of the one step program. Yeah. <laughs> one step forward, two back. That's usually that program. Oh my goodness. Well, let's not subscribe to that yeah. one. No, no. What do you think has been the most fun in your spiritual exploration exploration so far? Um, Other than coffee with me, of course. Well, <laughs> just finding that I'm not alone in it has been like just a huge relief because I've, I was, you know, for 
a year plus just kind of exploring on my own, not really knowing where to start or who to talk to or whatnot. My, my husband thinks I'm a bit crazy. And so it, it just, it wasn't something that we talk about at the dinner table. Yeah. Um. So just finding someone who also shares my thoughts and feelings and just that's been the most fun. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I know you said, don't see you, but Kind of okay. Happened. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it is. It's just. It's. You don't have the community. It's not like I. You can go to a church and say, "Hey, here's a bunch of other people who hold the same views and beliefs that I do." Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like you have to scrape together your, you know, people who you feel comfortable with, who know you know that are on the same wavelength as you are. Yes. So I think You're... that's important. You're unchurch. You're unchurch. I think that's an actual thing. I shouldn't say that, I guess. Okay. I, think, I actually think I've seen a church called that. Before. Okay. Well, but maybe that's maybe that's actually their premise. Who knows? I don't Who knows? know. But your yeah. spiritual family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The more open we are, the more of them that show up, I think. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Any advice for someone else who's a step behind you? I would just try to find somebody. So <laughs> I'll tell how I found you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've been meditating for really I, like three months before you and I had our coffee. And I had just kept saying like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. I need someone to help me in this. Mm-hmm. And so I just would meditate like over and over. Like I need a mentor. I need somebody to show me what to do. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. I got your you know your house listed and then you were we were like let's do coffee and and then you you showed up so I just know that you don't have to do it by yourself and ask for help yeah ask for help ask for it and then be open to receiving it guys <laughs> <laughs> um if you're not it won't work but um yeah just asking because that's also one of the big things is if you don't ask for it how will they know that you need it absolutely Absolutely. Well, and on so many levels too, not just physical, like if you don't ask a friend or family member for help, but even the universe. Yeah. If you, that was one premise I think I learned in Michael's class is your guides are there to help you, but you have free will. So if you don't ask for it, they won't just give it to you no, for, on a platter. They, like, won't, you right. they don't give unsolicited advice. No. They won't just sit down and say, okay, now Jen, <laughs> I know you didn't ask, but it's about time we had this conversation. <laughs> no. So yeah, being open and actually asking, because if you don't ask, they're not going to just step in and take care of it for you. That's in my opinion anyway. And I really appreciated that in Michael's course too, because it's, it's difficult to navigate the concept of free will. Yes amongst spirituality guides and all you know all of all of it it's hard to wrap your mind around so well and knowing when they will step in and when they won't step in or you know what they're Mm -hmm. allowed and not allowed to do like all that's it's that's a whole nother still still a lot of that's a mystery to me yeah yeah Yeah. we'll figure it out one one step at a time time. (laughs) welcome to samantha jen's one step program (laughs) don't um, <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you so so much for your time today you absolutely if anybody wants to find you on social media to sell their house or talk about spirituality do you want to share any contact information yeah so i'm on um facebook and instagram it's just jen shaben 
Jen, J-E-N, Shaben is S-C-H-A-B-E-N. I would love to have a conversation with you. Fantastic. She's open to help, guys. So <laughs> sell your house or come talk about spirituality over coffee with us. Yes. <laughs> well, Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Yep.